Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a first-hand account of all things secondhand and sustainable, primarily fashion, but what we're putting on our bods, what it means for the environment, what it means for our wallets, uh, what it means for the future of fashion, which I believe is nothing new. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman. I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Mayor. I am so excited for a little bit of a chillier climate going on for both of us. I am now in a part of California, Northern California, where it's like my sweaters in L.A. that I just laughed at and didn't throw away, but also never wore. I'm wearing now. And it's a wonderful life. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, it is fucking freezing. And so today (laughs) we're going to talk a bit about... Uh, the world of secondhand outerwear, things that keep you warm when you're cold. Uh, it's currently like 35 degrees and I run out with my dog and like place her down and count down from 30. And I'm like, bitch, if you don't pee. And then I like a second she's done peeing, I like scoop her back up, run inside. And I have on like furry clogs, furry pants, a Canada goose jacket, the whole works. But before we get into some secondhand outerwear, I want to follow up on our authentication, all things authentication episode, because some of the things we were saying and some of the things that I had heard rumored have come to light a little bit and are a little bit controversial. So I talked a little bit on the authentication episode and Sarah and I went back and forth about this. Like, what are we going to do about authentication? There is no real one way to test whether or not something is fake or not. You know, there are a million different, you know, signs on a Chanel bag, but things are getting a lot more devious and a lot more discreet and a lot more difficult to discern when you have second tier brands, third tier brands, like Lord knows all the things that are going to continue to be faked as small as fake vans. I mean, you know, and what is the responsibility of you as a consumer and what is the responsibility of a platform like The Real Real? So Hypebeast, I am reading from Hypebeast.com, which if you're not familiar, is a site where people who care a lot about sneakers and fashion congregate and wear beanies where their ears are no longer covered because like that's a thing. I don't know if you've seen that, Sarah. (laughs) With all the hype beasts and like hipsters. You know, I I don't know. I've never quite figured out how to rock a beanie besides it being really comfortable. Like I either look like I don't have any hair or I'm like 
adding too much hair to the whole thing. So the hype beasts, you know, I'll bow down to you because I never got it right. Yeah, I mean, I am a beanie queenie and I will talk about this in buying hats, but I've had a real wide range of beanies, though. I finally got into expensive beanies, which like that was going to fucking happen. Anyway, I was making a joke because now, particularly if you're in New York or L.A. or San Francisco or anywhere with like just this look could be could be the I don't even know Portland like or just maybe this is happening in your small town wherever you are listening to never gets old but for some reason beanies now it's like a very very utilitarian 50s beanie look where like you roll up the sides and it literally doesn't go over your ears which is the entire point of wearing a beanie because so much heat exits from your head that everyone just looks like an idiot is what I'm trying to say so Back to Hypebeast.com. So Hypebeast published an article, which was something we were discussing about the real real. The real real is the right now, basically the only secondhand site that has a slew of authentication standards and people that are full-time authenticators. Uh, no other service provides this. You have something like a thread up, which takes stuff that, but I don't think they guarantee any sort of uh, making sure that something is real or not. Uh, but also they're not taking really high-end items. I mean, the premise of the real real is that you're buying a very high-end item that has gone through a rigorous authentication process. Now, something that I touched upon in our authentication episode was what are we going to do about how fast the real real is scaling, the sheer number of items they're taking in, and are things going to fall through the cracks? I had heard whispers of, you know, there being some issues with authentication and, you know, some things slipping through the cracks or the process not being quite rigorous enough. And thus, a controversial hype beast article. Uh, followed right up. So it was published on November 8th um, originally, but basically it was following up on a report from CNBC saying that there is a serious lack of training going on for authenticators in, at the company. Meaning if you are a full-time authenticator at the real real, ostensibly you, that is a rigorous process. That is one you're always working on. And that is one that is heavily monitored and there's a lot of oversight. Allegedly, according to CNBC. That is not the case and people are not being trained properly. And then some of this authentication uh, and verification of goods is being handled by people that are not qualified. Yeah. And, you know, the the whole sort of authentication process, which any company can say that they're doing that, whether or not you can back up your claim is obviously what the real real is going to have to go through now, right? But it's the same thing as saying, uh, you know, we we love dogs. We're a team of experts. Well, are you veterinarians? Like what kind of expert stuff? Uh, you know, this is lip service that you get a, a, a lot. And so it, it's I think it's good overall that companies are, are, are having their feet held to the fire about this stuff. Yeah. And I think that like, listen, the real real is the biggest fish in the game right now. I think people are it's it it really has to prove the market and test those waters. And I've said, you know, if you listen in any of our our back catalog, we have a whole back catalog, you know, launching this past last April. Um, but it's been a constant discussion around fakes and what I've seen and have experienced that and just 20 years of developing an eye for what's real or not. But, you know, if you are new to this world or you're not just totally down the rabbit hole like I am, you have to rely on other systems in order to make sure that goods are real if you're not buying them from an actual store. 
So I also wanted to follow this up. The Real Real then issued some statements, gave some comments. And so on November 13th, five days after that original piece went up, uh, CEO Julie Wainwright uh, said that The Real Real has, quote, the most rigorous authentication process in the marketplace and talked about their, you know, best in class customer satisfaction rating, uh, which is all you know, here and good, but I'm not sure it's combating the actual problem. And I still, I will say like, and I am not paid to say this. Um, and I, and I am, you know, I'm not affiliated with the real real, but I still recommend buying luxury goods from them because I do believe that their, their authentication standards are legitimate. I mean, I have a Rolex watch, which is an incredibly high, 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 high end item and something that is continuously, continuously faked everywhere from them. And it came with papers. Now that was also six years ago. So you really have to think about it. As somebody who held off from buying from Amazon, say, for a long time, you know, I went to my local pet store to buy things that people were like, why wouldn't you just get this on Amazon and have it like auto shipped and save yourself trouble? There are a lot of things that I understand the online life. uh, You make some concessions because you're not there. There's not a human in front of you. You don't necessarily see the stuff beforehand and anything like the real real, even though, like you said, it's top dog you still have to worry about that kind of stuff. And as a company gets more successful, are they really gonna scale in the sense that every uh, expert behind the scenes has all the same qualifications? Probably not. I mean, I don't know, maybe a company would do that, but a company is is in the business of, of their bottom line not getting too out of control. So this doesn't surprise me. I think that if you can take some of that with a grain of salt, and again, Uh, use some of the skills that you, Meredith, have been telling us since it never gets old started, then you you have to kind of take things into your own hand and know that it is a definite bonus. If you could maybe get a, I don't know, a discount or, or, or even get your money back in some sense when things go wrong, but know that you're still in the Wild West somehow. Yeah, 100%. And listen, like even the most, I would consider myself one of the most trained eyes out there. And I got duped by a fake Celine bag um, because I trusted a, a store. That, that knows brands really well and that slipped through their cracks. And what, you know, the issue in authentication over and over and over again is that we are dealing with human error. So, you know, what can we expect out of the real real, but also what can you expect as consumers? And I think that this will prompt an intense lockdown and we will see, because I've also seen, again, with the incredible influx of uh, just sheer number of items that are sent to the real real, there are other issues with scaling that quickly, like things are mislabeled a lot. Diet Prada, which is sort of an industry watchdog, Instagram, um, has documented for a while a lot of slip ups on on that site with just things being mislabeled. So the real reels feet is really, you know, to the fire. And I think it we're coming to a point in the industry where we have to figure out, you know, what it means to authenticate something and what it means for something to be real. So I wanted to follow up on that and, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, as I said, I am still a supporter of the real real and do trust uh, overall in their quality and in their goods, even at a very, you know, high luxury uh, level. And I think that 
what they're really getting at here is not the Hermes bags. It's just, and something we've talked about, Sarah, is just everything is fake now. And so how are they going to have those rigorous standards? But moving on into frostier news, it's fucking freezing. So I wanted to do a secondhand outerwear, maybe some 101 episode. If you're like, oh my God, it's cold. Oh my God, it's dark at 4.30. And now I have to wear three coats to take out my dog to pee for 30 seconds. It sucks. Living on the West Coast, Sarah, was a really strong choice. Yeah, well, like I said earlier in the show, uh, now that I'm I'm in the Northern California area, you know, I'm definitely up above the the midpoint. No one really knows what like the middle of California is. It's either NorCal or SoCal, but uh, but uh, it is remarkably colder at night. It's still warm during the day. I mean, we're talking seventies and eighties, so you know, I, I can't complain. You're absolutely right, but. But we're talking, you know, it's it's scarf time, it's sweater time, it's 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 light jacket time. Certainly, my leather jacket I, that I just got for a steep discount on Poshmark. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, I know, good stuff. I always wanted a brown one, never had one, so now I have one. So, but uh, but yeah, no outerwear is great. I love layers. So this is this is a fun episode for me. Well, excellent. Um, I also have a severe problem right now. The second that daylight savings ended, or Sarah, I know that you are a very time time stickler. Would you like to correct me? No, you're right. Daylight savings ended, and oh, we're okay. now in standard time. Okay, yes, but I know you have a thing between. I do, dear yes. listeners. Sarah Lane is a stickler <laughs> for time labeling. So, can you explain to never gets old listeners what your thing is? My thing is that okay, yes, I can explain really well. So, people will say. Uh, okay, oh, are you on the East Coast? So we're talking like EST or PST. And I'm like, well, but it's summer, so it's PDT or EDT because it's daylight savings. And people go, what? And I say, you know what you do? You just say ET or PT or CT if you're talking Central Time or MT for mountain. Or, you know, if you're in Europe, it's a whole other thing, right? Like, you don't actually have to even put daylight savings and standard time into the whole equation if it makes you uncomfortable you can avoid it entirely but the easy way to think of it is daylight savings is when daylight is saved daylight being saved means there's more daylight and that happens in the summer so the other one which is what we're in now is standard time where it's dark so the thing that gets me is people, because people complain, right? They're like, oh man, it got dark at 4.30. I hate daylight savings. And I'm like, no, 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 you hate standard time. You actually like what the government did a long time ago for farmers. That's what you like better. That's what we all like better. And Honestly, that's the end of that. You just got to have some hills you want to die on. This is Sarah's one tiny hill that she continues to shovel on with the tiniest fucking violin. So now we know. Now we know. So on to, it's still... Dark at 4.30, which makes me want to eat dinner at 5.30 and go to bed by 7. Um, and by go to bed by 7, I mean look at Instagram till 9.30, 10, 10.30, 11. And they'd be like, shit. Um, okay, so it's cold. Um, I want to go through some cold weather items. You're dusting off your coats. I don't know about you, but whenever I take out my puffers, they all like just kind of smelly. Um, so I try to get them dry cleaned, which is helpful, but you know, they smell a little bit. Uh, so, you know, dust all that stuff off and look at all your coats and think about going through them now. Uh, actually, it's a great time. You want to be selling in season. Uh, so if you're, you know, pulling out, 
your cold weather stuff. I have like two baskets. I have a sandal basket and a beanie basket. It's like almost exclusively beanies that I just swapped because that's, I guess, my winter adjustment is just straight old beanies. Think about starting to get rid of stuff now that's for winter because a lot of times you'll wait until spring or summer and then people won't take it or you'll get one eighth the price for it. So that's the first thing. And then maybe get some new new outerwear. I was just speaking of cold. I gave a speech in Chicago last week. And let me tell you, that place is terrible. Uh, but if you are an INGO listener in Chicago and in somewhere cold like that, laughing at me, I'm sorry, I'm a weakling and it's a beautiful city. I'm sure at many other times of year, but uh, it was a cold. It's cold. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've spent enough time in Chicago um, and, and at times where I was like, this city actually isn't fun because it's that cold. You really are just, you're just trying to like stay alive. And then in the summer, it's pretty humid. So I don't know. You know, you probably get some nice spring days and some nice fall days and, and go with it. But, uh, but great town otherwise. Good food, good people. Yeah, I mean, I was being a huge bitch about it is basically what I'm trying to say. And I will certainly be in Chicago to promote my book, uh, Brag Better, which comes out on May 19th, 2020. So uh, you can all yell at me in person then. But con, very cold. Pro, winter gear in Chicago, secondhand slaps. So I bought a camel coat with a fur collar and I look absolutely fabulous in it. And it's old Isaac Mizrahi and it has one of my favorite things about like old coats or other garments that are from, you know, Barney's or Bergdorf's or this one has a Neiman Marcus like sewed in the side. I don't know when it's from, probably 90s, but it was like a hundred bucks. I really thought for a minute, should I buy a fur coat? And then I said, no, I should not. But if you are in a place where it is cold or you're traveling to a place where it is cold, that means there will likely be a lot of something, aka jackets, scarves, hats, gloves, and the price will be a lot less. So Chicago had amazing coats, um, amazing scarves. I almost bought two different pairs of like fur lined boots. And again, this was sort of like you're drunk on wherever you are, particularly secondhand. Um, and I had to stop myself, but my coat is super fly. So consider that. I'm very excited. I can't wait to see it uh, on uh, our website or Instagram account or wherever you want to share it with the world. It will be shared with the world. Uh, So coats, think about getting rid of some now. They are going to be more expensive to buy. um, But if you are somewhere that has a lot of coats right now, those prices will dip a little bit. And if you do want to wait until like, say, February, though it's only November, consider some of that stuff on sale. You know, it's funny, I uh, outerwear, I, you know, nobody can see me because this is an audio-only podcast, but I'm wearing this, I don't know, medium uh, heft uh, sweater that was from All Saints from like a couple of years ago that I got on Poshmark recently. And when I bought it, I knew I was going to move up here. And I'm from the area that I now live in, you know, the kind of western Sonoma County wine country area. It does get cold at night. It's not going to snow. It's not that cold, right? So there's only so much complaining I can do. But it could be, there might be some frost on the windows in the morning. It's 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 chilly. And I get up early and I got to walk my dog and, you know, hats and gloves and scarves and, and all that stuff matters. When I was still in L.A., I knew that this stuff was... I mean, well, I mean, the people that I was buying the sweaters from, because I got a couple of them from a couple of different, uh, from 
different folks. They didn't necessarily live in LA, but they also knew that it wasn't cold anywhere yet. So nobody was like clamoring for the stuff that I was getting. And I took, I used that to my advantage. And so I had, I don't know, I bought like three different sort of cardigany sweaters that I secretly really wanted, but I can't wear them in LA. Even in the winter, like they're a little too heavy, but they're great here. And I feel like because of that, the person was so exasperated and they just wanted to get rid of it that I did, I was able to negotiate down quite a bit. Hell yeah, I've turned you into a total Poshmark head. I love it. But yes, think about the context in which you're buying something um, and then use that to your advantage. Uh, I have long been very pro beanie, but I don't think you need to get expensive ones, though I did just buy my second acne beanie, which I would say, if anything, they're like the Chloe Susanna boots, a Montclair. I'm thinking of things that like hold value more than anything else, those dumb acne hats. And I was really mad when I finally got one with some credit from the real real um, because they're actually very warm and great. And then they have like a face on them that looks like mildly displeased or bored um, which is a huge mood but I used to go I've bought beanies like on the street in New York like I don't like the best beanies I guess if I'm not going to go all I'm a woman of extremes not going to go all the way to the expensive acne ones are just like ones on the street there was this incredible um, wholesale store on 14th street in Washington DC and I knew he was going to get just run out by yuppie white millennials and I bought um, his beanies were two dollars each and I would just buy them in like stacks of 10. I also bought some amazing like Obama inauguration uh 2013 swag before it also then all turned because in DC there's so much like political uh memorabilia everywhere uh so I think that you can get cheap beanies but you're gonna be particular about it it's very hard to sell hats I used to gift friends those fancy those those two dollar beanies and be like here's a fancy beanie for you you can have a beanie and you can have a beanie I'm just like (laughs) so fabulous (laughs) you're like oh my god you're giving me this nice beanie I'm like yeah I'm not telling you where I came from well it's funny because I've got this, uh, you know, you get, it's sort of like how startups all have their own t-shirts, right? They're usually not the best quality t-shirt, but uh, I don't know. You're like, oh, I'll wear it to the gym or in bed or whatever. And I've got a beanie right, right here from an unnamed company. Don't need to call anybody out, but it does the job. It keeps my head warm, but it's kind of scratchy. So the acne beanie that you're describing, I'm sure is... Uh, luxuriously supple and feels like, you know, your favorite aunt, you know, just kind of like helping helping your head stay warm. My favorite aunt, Acne, knitted it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Though I do have, I do have an amazing, shout out to my grandmother, who's an incredible knitter, um, made me a pussy hat for the Women's March. There you go. Um, I was like, Grandma, where'd you get this? She's like, I fucking made it. But that, I mean, and you could say that about so many, so many different kinds of outerwear. It's like, yes, it's designed to keep you from getting hypothermia. But a lot of the times the the materials really do matter because when you don't have them, you're like, eh, whatever, who cares? But then when you do, you're like, can't go back. And I think a lot of people feel that way about fur coats because it keeps you really warm. Yeah. And so it's interesting. It never gets old listeners. I sort of want to hear particularly in sustainability and lots of conversations about, you know, animal sustainability and cruelty. You know, my my since everything I buy is secondhand, I feel like a lot of the leather and fur conversations, that's sort of how I feel about it is it's already dead. 
And I think some other people take that position. I understand if you don't like it. But if you are in Chicago, you should buy a fur coat because they're inexpensive. But I was in Chicago and like my nose is running. My eyes are running because I have decided I have to walk to a secondhand store because it was like not the Ubers were very expensive. And I was just being I don't even know. So I'm wearing a million layers. I have these shitty little gloves. Everything's running down my face. I have a hat. I have my hood on. What's incredible about secondhand stores in Chicago is they're in shopping malls. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh, no. Like like, like, a, like a shopping mall next to the Macy's and the Forever 21 and like a mall that feels very much like a mall? Yeah, so it was wild. I've never seen this before. In Chicago, there are a lot of shopping malls because I think because it's so cold. And I was staying in Magnificent Mile to speak at 3% Conference. Shout out Women in Advertising. And I was a lot of the fancy hotels are attached to malls. Um, So I did a lot of mall walking because it was really cold. And I was just like circling around and around. But yeah, there are secondhand stores in malls. And I'd never seen that. And it was really cool. And it was not seen as like a strange thing. It was like just like a normal store in a mall. And I took a photo also because there were two other places that were like I mean maybe this is an answer to like dying malls everywhere and having difficulty with like retail stores but something called luxury garage sale which is pretty well known um is based out of Chicago and I went to their store it's in a shopping mall they had incredibly beautiful things uh did not buy anything but really wanted a pair of Chanel poofy boots which like talk about outerwear you can't really wear or you shouldn't or don't want to but if I bought those Chanel snow boots I would just like I don't even know. I would never wear them. I would just stare at them. In terms of thinking about what you want to get outerwear-wise, well, ha- let's start with hats. So hats resale for very little because they retain no value because they went on your head. And some people have like, again, like I guess a t-shirt is less quote unquote gross to someone than a pair of shoes, which is less gross to someone than the hat. I don't know. How do you both feel about someone else's hat, Sarah? I'm not crazy about it because I don't know. People have all sorts of different ways that they keep their hair or lack of hair clean on their noggin. Um, I, I would not if if you were like, hey, try on my like my luxurious acne beanie. I'd be like, yeah, no problem. Um, But if I were to see a hat I really wanted at a secondhand store, mm, I would make I would need to make sure that it could be well cleaned. That is something I wouldn't put straight on my head where I where I might even wear someone's pajamas. Yeah. So it's interesting because of that, like block in people's minds, um, the heads just like it's a it's a thing that people because it's kind of weird about it's kind of your face. Yeah, it's it's, you know, and, and, you know, for those of us with sensitive skin, you just like go like, nope, too many germs. (laughs) Let's just meanwhile out here. I have a severe secondhand candle problem now that it's dark and cold out. Um, a very severe can't stop buying secondhand fancy candles, which I was never into. I was like, I will get my candles at TJ Maxx. I don't care. And now I'm like, Diptyque is my religion. And I keep buying Diptyque secondhand candles and like going to war. I have two candles in the mail right now. I can't. I can't do it. I can't deal with it. It's not okay. Um, but the block on people wanting to put stuff on their heads means you can get hats for not a lot of money and there are a lot of fancy cashmere beanies that like are from different places or rag and bone or you know even a made well so those go for they they don't sell well and neither do gloves uh it's super particular to someone's hands um so if you're looking for fancy leather gloves like just be careful of measurements and the sizes of people's hands but those are both things that are not expensive secondhand scarves 
scarves are i would say i think i mean i mean this is a non-scientific this is just a thought i think they are the most uh faked item there is uh and i don't know why maybe because it's just a piece of fabric or it is easier to be faked or easier to manufacture with scarves you really got to be careful especially if you're like now we're talking no not talking about scarves that will like really keep you warm but you know a chanel and hermes scarf like all those fancy things you got to be those are those are constantly imitated so stay woke when it comes to scarves and then if you're really in the game for a fancy poofy jacket you also have to be extremely careful so sarah i'm assuming you've heard of both canada goose and montclair though you don't need to wear them out there well no but i but i i've mentioned on previous episodes of it never gets old that i do have a couple of heavy jackets because i go to the east coast or certain places in europe in the dead of winter where it's fucking freezing and i you you can't just sort of like deal with it you you really need a good coat so i don't have a canada goose and i don't have a montclair but i'm i'm familiar with both and I, and I would get a Montclair uh, if I had the cash uh, on hand, which I do not. So I think one of my greatest secondhand deals, finds of all time, is I have a black Montclair short puffy jacket that I paid $125 for. Uh, it's real. Um, in Colorado. Uh, and the reason why I got it for so little money was because in Colorado, everyone wants to be active and ski and you can't be active and ski in this like cute little Montclair coat. So nobody wanted to buy it. And I was like, oh, it's me. Let me find the one Montclair coat in this, you know, hiking, skiing, biking town in Colorado where everyone just wants to be wearing like spider gear going down a mountain. I'm just going to sit here drinking hot chocolate instead. So besides the fact that I'm not crazy about the name Canada Goose, and I'll just have to get over that because I know it's a very popular brand and and people, some people at least, especially people who are in colder climates than me, swear it's the best. Can't be beat. Is it worth the hype? So Canada Goose jackets are, again, one of those items right now. Canada Goose and Montclair, I'm, I'm not saying you have to have a coat like that. There are a lot of amazing outerwear brands. Patagonia has incredible standards of like what they recycle and how they treat their employees and how they treat the planet, like totally stand Patagonia. Um, you know, whatever outerwear, North Face, like, or any brand that just keeps you warm. But in terms of retaining value in buying and selling, Canada Goose and Montclair are really, really wanted. Canada Goose is very bad for the environment, from what I understand, and how they're manufactured and what they're filled with. Um, However, it's really warm. Uh, And I hate to say it, I also, I have a Canada Goose coat that my mother bought for me full price last year and I was horrified and delighted but you know I couldn't accept that she had bought this thing full price and I mean she's also not someone who buys full price she's what got me into consignment shopping um and as someone who likes unique things and likes a deal and likes to hunt around and express herself um but let me tell you unfortunately it works real good real real good uh so if you are looking for a canada goose coat they're very hard to find resale you can though 
Um, they are faked. Has all, you know anything that is now super popular that people pay a bunch of money for? People are going to try to scam you. So you got to be very careful, and they go very quickly. Um, but if you keep tabs on them, and if you look around, you can find one. You know there are plenty of other great coats because these two are so desired that have completely dropped in price. So if you're going to go for another outerwear brand, you're going to get it for a lot less. So that's the Frosty Report. Unfortunately, it's only November, so by February, I will be crying. Um, but last week when it finally got cold, I said to myself, that's it. I'm going to California and I'm not. I'm sitting here in a sweatshirt, sweatpants and long socks and a long sleeve shirt under it. And my dog is wearing a very thick hoodie. So we're really in it for winter is what I'm saying. Uh, I want to I want to hear what you're looking for, though. Sarah, is there one item you really want this winter? You know, I now that I'm just being really honest about my little shopping addiction that 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 you've 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 lit a, f a fire under me about, I did buy some cool riding boots. Now that's not necessarily like winter wear, but it's something that with you know with nice thick socks and and pants and everything. It's like again, my former community of LA, you almost would never wear them unless you were like wearing like a mini skirt and making it a whole other thing. This will actually be fun for me in the winter. I want some sort of like clomping around boots because I actually live close to a river where there's going to be mud and I got a dog and so I'm going to like embrace that whole thing. Uh, so yeah, if you have any recommendations of, you know, where I get, I don't know, uh, what, what's the, um, the hunter boots? Like, like I just like need some galoshes and that oh, kind yeah, of thing. They're hunter boots, hunter boots are great. So I didn't even get into footwear, but hunter boots are all over. You can find them for not a lot secondhand. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of what I'm looking for. So not necessarily the warmest thing, but stuff where I'm like, it's just going to be, weather appropriate. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. I was also thinking about buying these um, Dior galoshes and then I slapped myself in the face. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you'll find more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, producer Sarah Lane, uh, as well as links to our social meds. We are on Instagram at INGO Podcast, Twitter at INGO Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Like if you want to like eviscerate us or celebrate us or I don't even know, it really helps a lot. And also I like to read them and it makes me feel happy. And you can always email us at hello at ingopodcast.com and I will see you in the polar vortex soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.